0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: And we do appreciate everybody listening. And uh, it's time now for Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And before we get started, all of our veteran shows, and we do a bunch of them. Um, We'd like to start out by honoring my friend J. Roy Ritchie, uh, who, and we're going to be talking somewhat about this today and, and what a veteran can do, but uh, J. Roy succumbed to uh, Agent Orange um, a few months ago, and so you can go to our site and uh, see the memorial for J. Roy Ritchie, and it's asking for veterans to pray for veterans, and we like to start our show by doing exactly that. And uh, we'll be back in one minute. Other thing that we like to start all of our veteran shows with is what we all loved going through basic and AIT and and many other times actually for a lot, but uh, just a little snippet of a of a Jody. Okay, enough of that. Uh, but I love those Jodas, and we've got Lieutenant Colonel Phil Forsberg on, retired. And, um, Phil, how are you doing today? I'm well, David. I hope Good. you're well as well, sir. Yes, sir, and um, it's been uh, quite a weekend, and um, the uh, induction ceremony on uh, this past Saturday went very well. Uh, you know, I think anything that Rick White touches is going to go well. Um, he is a gentleman, and uh, I enjoyed seeing him and Paul Lerngreer and uh, a number of others. I even enjoyed seeing Roger Wise. I'm, I know a lot of people will find that interesting, but, no, Roger is a great, great guy, and uh, enjoyed seeing him and some of the other folks that uh, we've had on the show here at uh, America's Web Radio and we're all about veterans quite frankly and um, Phil you and I talked about basically veteran services right? Yeah,
2: you know, <clears throat> David I'm, uh, I'm particularly concerned about what's going on at the VA right now um, there, there are veterans that are being denied their claims because the VA cannot obtain the records for their service or medical treatment on on active duty simply because the uh, the people who work at the National Personnel Records Center have not been to work in over twelve months, and uh, even my congressman cannot get them to uh, do their job and and provide the records that uh, the VA needs so it's not really the VA's fault but these records are uh, housed in, in the National Archives and an outfit in the archives called the National Personnel Records Center is not um, is not giving up these records and uh, you know I mean that's their job but whenever they're contacted their their standard answer is, in order to protect our employees from the virus, you know, we're not coming to work till it's safe.
0: No.
2: And uh, meanwhile, veterans are dying without uh, getting the benefits that they've earned. Uh, and and their claims are being delayed and denied. I have uh, one fellow I'm working with who uh, has several cancers, all uh, that are uh, presumptive caused by... Uh, Agent Orange, and uh, although he didn't uh, serve in Vietnam uh, on a tour, he did go to Vietnam a few times, but his main job was, uh, he was a police officer for the Air Force uh, at a Royal Thai Air Base uh, uh, in Thailand, and uh, of course, the VA even recognizes that around that that base, they uh, used Agent Orange in those days to keep the jungle back from the fence line, and uh, they, they said that yes, if you were assigned there and you had regular perimeter duty, then uh, then you're also in the in the boat with presumptive Agent Orange, and uh, the, his claim is being delayed. It hasn't been denied yet, but it's being delayed because. Uh, he can't locate his DD-214, which is his discharge document. DD is Department of Defense and the form number is 214. And, uh, so because he can't lay his hands on that, uh, they're, they're delaying, uh, and not approving his claim. And, uh, he's had these cancers since 2005. Oh, that's 16 years he's had these cancers and, uh, you know they hadn't they hadn't been paying the disability compensation that he's earned, uh, and uh, it's cost him quite a bit of money over those years of not having claim. But when I ran into him, I explained the claim process to him, and uh, so we went got busy, you know, submitting his claim. But they they can't rule on his claim simply because no one at the National Personnel Records Center. Is uh, is giving up the documents?
1: You know, this is making me sick. Uh,
2: it makes me sick too, David.
1: You know, golly. Okay. So, what can I do? What can we do? What can the other veterans that are listening do to well, help this gentleman out and and make sure that if other people are having problems, that we start pushing the right red button somewhere.
2: I mean, you know, if you're an American citizen and you know if you have a, a congressman representing you, then uh, I would encourage anybody who's in that falls in that category to contact their elected representative and/or the two state senators. And uh,
1: Joe, that's called joke number one and joke number two.
2: Well,
1: I'm sorry, um, but I had to throw my. It's
2: the process we have right yeah. now, and I would say. Uh, you know, people need to start rattling the cages of their elected representatives and and demanding that these folks do their job. I mean, I don't know how much uh, exposure to virus it would cause them to, uh, you know, sit at a computer terminal and uh, take a few mouse clicks and send the records that are requested.
1: That, that's all that is, is... And, and many companies i'm going through this with a with a totally different situation and and yet everybody you know what was it before november everybody blamed it on trump now they're blaming it on covid okay so what's the, what's that department called within the department of defense
2: well um it's actually under the uh, national archives
1: okay it's
2: not department of defense it's national archives Okay. And uh, the office is the uh, National Personnel Records Center. And, National uh, Personnel Records Center. They're just custodians of documents. Uh, they know where they're kept and they know how to get a hold of them. I guess file clerks, if you will.
1: Well... And they need... We're gonna start raising some hell with them. I wonder if they have a telephone number.
2: Well, no one's gonna answer because they don't go to work. I haven't been to work in over a year.
1: And we're paying them. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, <sighs> write your right. Call your congressman about this. I mean, this is this is absolutely ludicrous. And I I could almost bet you most of the congressmen they never raise their right hand or put their life on the line, but by golly we're gonna go after them. I well, I, I promise mm-hmm. you, Phil.
2: Now um, I'll tell you another thing about about veteran uh, disability benefits. Um, <clears throat> there are these forms that the V.A. had that were um, they're called Disability Benefits Questionnaires. And, uh, you know, uh, all the disability benefits that can be paid out are codified in public law. There's nothing subjective about it. But the uh, the doctors that you may have, if you are submitting uh, any medical records for your claim that are not uh from the VA, those doctors, the private practice doctors, they have no idea what Title Thirty Eight of the U.S. Code says uh, as far as various conditions. But they're all spelled out, so the the, uh, the fellow making the decision on your claims say, you know, he can bend his, uh, his or turn his head, you know, so many degrees without pain. That's. Uh, uh, <clears throat> you know whatever that's 20 percent right and then and then they grant 20 percent well but you know your doctor your orthopedic surgeon whatever that's submitting a claim or your uh, medical records that's not that's not part of his standard you know he goes according to whatever you know the practices for uh for neck doctors are and uh so it you know it's written completely ignorant of whatever it says in Title 38. And so if it doesn't say this many degrees, then they won't grant the claim. So uh, these disability benefits questionnaires are these documents that they gave, they would give to VA doctors or uh, doctors under contract to the VA so they could fill them out in doing evaluations. And uh, they're written in such a way as it, it asks for what the law is looking for. Uh, so these DBQs have been very handy. And if you if you give the uh, if you get, if you can have your uh, outside the VA doctor, private practice doctor, fill out these disability benefits questionnaires for you, they will. Uh, it's kind of like bowling with the bumpers. You may not knock all the pins down, but you're not going to get a gutter ball. You, you know he'll he'll uh, it'll ask him how many degrees can he turn his neck without pain, right? And so the doctor fills that in, and it's you know color by the numbers for the, for the uh, decision maker. Hmm.
0: Well, <clears throat> those are real handy forms. And then
2: uh, about a year ago, the VA decided that they were not going to release those forms to let the public have access to them. Well, I got a hold of my congressman and I said, you know, this is, this is not right. And there's, there's no reason to keep these forms secret from the public when, uh, you know, they have nothing to do with national security. Uh, there's no reason to, to make them classified. So, we, you know, we need to use these forms. We need to make, you know, ask the VA to make these forms available
0: again.
1: Phil, we're going to need to stop there and take our first break. We'll be back wow. with Phil Farsberg right after this.
0: Hello, my name is Colonel Ty Rick White, the United States Army veteran, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I would like to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. If you are a Georgia veteran, and the Georgia veteran's definition is you are either born in this state, or you lived in the state 10 years, or you raised your right hand and joined the military in the state of Georgia, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to your website at www.gmvhof.org, or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. Nominations need to be in by the last Friday in August each year. Again, if you're a Georgia veteran or you're a friend or family member of the Georgia veteran, living or deceased, please consider nominating that veteran to his highly noble and rare Hall of Fame for our great state. Thank you so much.
2: If you
1: live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email GM at America's and we'll get back to you. Thank you. And we're back on Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. I want to remind everybody, too, that uh, this Friday at 10 a.m. 10 the nationally known, and I want to emphasize that nationally known, Banks and Shane are going to be here at America's Web Radio, and um, it's going to be a fun show. We're going to do a lot of different things, and uh, we might even twist their arms. At, uh, who knows? Maybe doing a show, but um, we're going to this show. We're going to do a thing we're calling. If you remember it. Taking it from television, name that tune. And we've got some other things that we're going to be pulling off, and it should be a fun, fun show. 10 a.m. on America's Web Radio this Friday, Friday the 9th, and it should be fun. And uh, I want to throw one other pitch out here, Phil, taking a few minutes of your time, but um, I went to the uh, uh, Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, Uh, induction ceremony of the 2020 class on Saturday. And, uh, as always, Lieutenant Colonel Rick White, or Colonel Rick White, uh, did a superb job. And it, it went very smoothly. And, uh, the stories that are told about what our veterans have done, uh, you know, what you're talking about, Phil, I'm boiling. I am absolutely boiling. And there's no excuse for the National Personnel Record Center to be closed. You know, they can wear their damn mask or anything else. I don't care what they do, but they better open their doors and get back to work. And I'm sick and tired of taxpayers paying for a year of doing nothing. And, you know, civilian businesses, figured out a way to work from home, work from here, work from there. Why can't the government do it? And particularly when this is, just like you said, Phil, this is a life and death matter. It's not, well, we'll put a Band-Aid on it, and we'll be back to work. We'll see you when we come back. No, that's not good enough. And I'm going to raise hell with every... U.S. Representative and Senator I can get my hands on. And, you know, this is the kind of job that our representatives have their heads so far out of place that they don't even know this is going on when the bravest of the brave are dying because of them and because of the National Personnel Record Center being closed for over a year. This is deplorable.
2: It's an outrage, really. I will tell you this, David. You want to know how you can make a difference? Please. Uh, the You know, if you're a one-off individual coming to your representative, um, it's pretty easy to ignore you. I mean, they, they get an awful lot of uh, interest from, you know, their thousands of constituents and, and everybody's got a, a different issue that they're interested in but <clears throat> if you really want to make a difference it's, it's known that uh, you need to be part of an interest group and the most effective interest groups for veterans are uh, you know uh, your organizations such as Disabled American Veterans of which I happen to be a member and the Veterans of Foreign Wars of which I ha- happen to be a member and American Legion, which I happen to be a member. So, uh, each of these has, uh, you know, legislative agendas each year, and they, uh, and they can put the pressure on Congress, uh, uh, you know, for their interest. And, and the interest of taking care of veterans, I'll tell you, is, uh, it's all about national security because the young people today that would consider signing up for for military service, they see how veterans are treated. If the if the promises are empty, you know word gets out. And uh, so, if you if you are good to your promise to the veterans, it'll pay dividends in recruiting and retention. Oh yeah! If you double cross the veterans, I promise you, you're not going to have an army to take care of.
1: And by the way, my uh, my representative is Lucy Macbeth. Well,
2: and, uh, Lucy Macbeth uh, is very very interested in veteran issues, and uh, I would not hesitate to contact her office.
1: Oh, I plan uh, on it. <laughs> and if somebody uh, in her office happens to be listening to this, uh, you are going to be blasted until this gets resolved. I, you know, I'm I'm sorry, but this is. There's absolutely no excuse for it, and uh, it's a life and death matter, and I'll go to the top if I have to, old Dementia Joe, if I have to, but we will work on it.
2: Well, uh, you know, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, speaking of veteran service organizations, uh, our chapter, the Marietta chapter, uh if you have anybody listening locally, uh, the Marietta chapter of uh, the Disabled American Veterans uh, will be having our... um
1: great that's great and uh are you all talking about this in your post
2: oh yes yeah we're, we're talking about it and uh i mean to uh, make it a point uh with our legislative committee uh tonight to uh to make this an agenda uh to get this to the national uh agenda you know for disabled american veterans it really needs to be
1: oh yeah and uh we're going to put it out on on our list, and uh, I'll also go to uh, Rick. And I'm sure Rick knows about it, but he's got an extensive list as well as uh, Mike Mazzell. And uh, I, uh, while we're talking about it, or while I'm talking about it, Mike Mazell is the uh, director of the Healing Wall in Johns Creek, Georgia, at uh, Newtown Park. And uh, that's where the... Uh, um, inductee ceremony was the other day, and it's, it is just a beautiful area, and by the one, by the way, for people that don't know this, one of the inductees was Vince Dooley, Captain Vince Dooley, as a matter of fact, and, um, you know, there are just so many Georgia heroes, and so many Georgia's and, you know, the sad part about what you're telling me, though, Phil, it ain't just the Georgian vets. It's veterans all over the country that that these lazy people at the National Personnel Record Center, they're too lazy and too scared. And I bet they were the first in line to get a vaccination, too. And yet they've been closed for a year. Just just that's shameful.
2: Yeah, Um Well, I agree with you. Uh, You know, our our veterans, uh, you know, they they have a history of not being able to avoid dangers to their lives and their health and their safety. Um, So uh, it's a little shameful that they can't get the benefits that they've earned uh, because some folks are scared of a virus.
1: Yeah. You know, Uh, which... (laughs) uh... You know, it, it, yeah, scared of a virus. They better be scared of uh, something else, and uh, that's when they meet their maker, you know?
2: Well, you know, I, I don't want to paint all the employees of that agency with a broad brush, but, you know, it's certainly their leadership is, you know, making this, and, you know, and the administration's allowing it to happen, and that, that's, that's bad. Um, you know they got <clears> to <throat> they got to come up with something because everything else is just lip lip service about helping veterans. <clears throat> now, David, I was telling you about these disability benefits questionnaires, right? And uh, you know, I did contact my congressman and said, you know, this is not right that these questionnaires are not being made available to the public. There's no national security reason to keep them from the public. You can submit a, a Freedom of Information Act uh, request and get copies of these uh, forms. Uh, you know, why, why are they doing this? This is preventing veterans from getting their benefits. Well, my congressman passed my complaint on to the, to the VA and they sent me back a response saying, oh, we think that, you know, veterans are committing fraud with these forms. Well, you know, that's not Problem of you know the veterans who uh, are, are deserve these things, we can't get it because their doctors don't know the standards, you know, to put down. And, and if the doctors falsify things, well, that's you know, you need to go after those doctors for fraud. I mean, they have licenses, and you know, if if they're doing things outside the practice, then they need to be accountable for it. Well, uh, this actually got to the uh, the president, uh, the, our previous president, and on the 7th of January, he signed a law and uh, one of the provisions of that law was directing the uh, VA to make these uh, DBQs available on their public-facing website. And uh, so I checked uh, in January and February, weren't there, in March I sent an email to my congressman. And please ask the Secretary of Veteran Affairs when he plans to comply with the law. He's got an answer back saying they'll be there by the end of March. Sure enough, they're there. But he came up with something called public pbqs huh. So now there's a different standard for what the VA uses and what they publish for you know private practitioners to look at and diagnose. And it's just more sandbagging and. Uh, you know, it's just not right. This is intended to make it more difficult for veterans to get the benefits they've earned.
1: That, that's, well, now you've made me doubly sick. Um, I, that, you know, I I don't think, and I've said this many times, and I, a lot of folks disagree with me, but I don't think any we should have a congressman serving that, Hasn't served in the military in one shape, form, or fashion or another, you know. And um, we can't let this continue to go on. It just there, yeah, There's has to be a stop put to it. And uh, I'm calling old uh, Lucy right now, as a matter of fact, and uh, or my office is, and uh, I'm going to try to get her on the air, not on this show, but on the air, or have her come into the office and. Uh, We'll talk about it, and at that point, I may impose on you to come over from Kennesaw.
2: Well, you know, I can always make myself available for a member of Congress.
1: <laughs> and you'd probably even open the doors of the uh, National Person- Personnel Records Center. I tell you what, you know, let, let's just, I don't want to preach to the choir by any means, but At the same token, uh, if you are a veteran, for you and your family, get your paperwork together and have it where it's easily accessible. You never know when you're going to need it or when a member of your family is going to need it because you served and you've got benefits coming to you. And I know, uh, you know, when you said that the gentleman that you're working with can't find his DD-214, well, what I've got is a DD-254, because that's what you get coming out of the reserves, but um, I know exactly where it is, I keep it, it's almost like Johnny Carson said, I keep it sealed in a mayonnaise jar almost, you know, I don't want anything to happen to that, not that reservists get any benefits to speak of, but at the same token... If need be, I want to show that I did serve. And uh, you can't beat a DD farm. That's that's the form that says you're honorably discharged or whatever. And uh, quite frankly, even though I I never went in country or anything, I'm proud that I served. And uh, I appreciate the brothers and sisters that served as well in any shape, form, or fashion and those that have been wounded or have have an illness from serving, they should be the first in line to be taken care of.
2: Well, <clears throat> I agree with you, David, um, and I have the utmost respect for anyone who, you know, raised their hand, signed on the dotted line, uh, you know, and wore the uniform because they, they all face this, uh, they, all, they all face dangers. You don't know what you what dangers you might face when you sign up. Yeah. You know, the reserves, the guard, whatever, you, you know, and I, I'm really tired of people uh, diminishing the service of the guard and reserve. They're there, you know, so that we don't need to have in peacetime an enormous army standing around painting rocks.
1: No, they're uh, uh, the reserve, they're just up in Washington standing in the swamp. <laughs> yeah, but I won't go into that. But no, and I appreciate what you're saying. I just, uh, you know, I look at the folks that were in country, whether it was Vietnam or no matter where it was, Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and you know, yes, I, I raised my hand and and uh, so you know I could have been called up. I wasn't, and uh, I I look at the real heroes, those that did serve in country, and uh, those that have been wounded or whatever the situation might be. Like I said, they should be first in line for the best treatment going, and there's no excuse not for them to be there. And uh, you know, it's it's just disheartening and sickening to me when i hear stories like this and by golly some people are going to hear about it uh you know i missed a break and we need to take one quick break and then we'll get back with phil talking about the dav and the service officers and how important they are with all the different uh organizations we'll be right back after this if you live- This is America's Web Radio.
0: Hello. My name is Kermit Ty Rickwhite, a United States Army veteran, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I would like to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. If you are a Georgia veteran, and the Georgia veteran's definition is you are either born in this state or you lived in the state ten years, or you raised your right hand and joined the military in the state of Georgia, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to your website at www.gmvhof.org, or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. Nominations need to be in by the last Friday in August each year. Again. If you're a Georgia veteran or you're a friend or family member of the Georgia veteran, living or deceased, please consider nominating that veteran to this highly noble and rare Hall of Fame for our great state. Thank you so much. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Phil, before we get back to talking a little bit, I want to remind everybody, it's always important when you're listening to America's Web Radio, Have your pen and paper ready because you'll find out information that you need to write down and you may miss part of it if you have to go searching like I do generally for a a pencil or a ballpoint or whatever. So get it ready and, um, let's, one more time, um, Phil, let's, let's talk about the value of these service officers and, uh, the DAV, but also, um, uh, The service officers at most of the organizations, like you said, the VFW or American Legion or whatever it might be, and how important they are for the veterans and their families.
2: You know, well, David, the uh, you know the VA has has a uh, laundry list of benefits that they administer to veterans, anything from disability compensation. pensions for the indigent, um, health care, home loans, education, job training, uh, all, all sorts of benefits that are available to veterans from their service, But <clears throat> they're really not staffed at the VA to be helpful to the veterans. And so the, often when the vet, veteran goes looking for uh you know, a way to to have access to the benefits, they're just met with a mountain of paperwork and uh, bureaucracy that they're unfamiliar with. And I'll tell you, it it turns a lot of them away. And uh, so there are a number of what we call veteran service organizations. These veteran service organizations uh, provide volunteer service officers that will uh, help the veterans complete the forms and understand what's going on and make uh, go through, the, navigate the bureaucracy uh, and select uh, the best courses of action and help them document what they're looking for. Uh, and uh, these, these organizations are veteran service organizations. They're recognized to be representatives of veterans uh, by the VA. And uh, if you uh, – there's a form called a 2122, VA Form 2122, and you fill that form out. It's simple, uh, just a few fields to fill out and, and sign it, date it. But uh, you will, uh, you can designate a veteran service organization as your representative. And uh, once you've done that, <clears throat> you can uh, – you can have that veteran service organization file things directly with the VA on your behalf.
1: Well, you know, you know Phil, let me ask you is this a correct observation of mine even with veterans not including family members but even veterans their knowledge of the VA stops at hospital or medical care and they don't realize what you know what else is there? So many, like you said, a laundry list of uh, benefits. But sure. in in their mind, everything and in a citizen's mind, VA stops it when you say VA hospital.
2: Yeah, or or maybe a home loan. You know, veterans. Uh, you know, VA VA loan on a home. But mm-hmm. the, uh, truthfully. Uh, you know, I, I mean, this one fellow with, with cancers from uh, Agent Orange, you know, he, it, it took 15 years from the time he was diagnosed until he ran into me and I told him we could file for disability compensation. Uh, all that time, he had no idea. Because my first conversation with him, when I found out he had this cancer, I, I said, are you getting what you need from the VA? And he, his answer was, yeah, they're, they're giving me treatment. They were giving him treatment so slowly that uh, you know the cancer was spreading around in his body, and he had no idea he was entitled to uh, disability benefit, uh, compen- disability compensation benefits, uh, and uh, and he didn't know who to call or what to do when the when the VA medical care was slow rolling him. Anyway, we got all that fixed. Um, we're still working on his uh, his benefit claim, but. We, you know, we got it fixed, but so, no, so you no. contact one of these service organizations that the, the Phil, Veterans of Foreign Wars.
1: So let, let me Navy. interrupt you a second. Go ahead. In his case, is any of that retroactive?
2: No. It, it, it Well, here's the thing. Uh, there's a form that we filled out. It's called the intent to file, and. Well, so the first form I have a veteran fill out when he's going to work with me for disability compensation is the representation uh, form, the 2122. And then after that, I have him fill out the intent to file form, and that's even simpler than the 2122. It just basically says who you are and expect a claim for disability compensation from me when you when you send that in, when the VA makes their decision on your claim, they will backdate the payment to the day they received the intent to file form. Hmm. Not the day you signed it, but the, the day they received it. So, uh, but once they receive the form, you have 12 months in which to uh, file a complete claim. So you what you can do is you put the marker down with that intent to file, and then work on getting your documentation together, medical records, and such. Whatever, finding your DD 214, or you know, doing uh, what, collecting whatever evidence you need, and you put it together into a uh, into a claim form. Send it in within 12 months, and if it takes them 12 months to to. If, if they it would take you twelve months to put your stuff together from your intent to file, and then it took the VA another twelve months to rule on your claim, they would backdate you for twenty four months of uh, compensation.
1: Well, that that seems fair enough. Um,
2: it is it's a good system, but you know there are folks that go out there and hire attorneys to do this for them. Huh. But the, the attorneys can't do anything that you're. Uh, service organizations your veteran service organizations can do they can't there's nothing else they can do but they will take a fee and i'll tell you this those lawyers are entitled to 20 percent of your lump sum wow okay all that accrued time they won't get a portion of your monthly compensation but they can take up to 20 percent of your lump sum well, the problem with that is you've just incentivized them, taking
0: as long as possible, to get you paid. Sure, sure. So okay. I would folks, nothing against attorneys, but
2: I would encourage folks to start with your veteran service organization and ask them for help. Just, just call the DAV chapter nearest you, or VFW, or American Legion, and tell them you'd like to speak to a service officer.
1: Okay, we're uh, going to tell a lot of folks that. We're going to take a quick break and um, come back with Phil for our final segment right after a couple of messages. Stay tuned.
0: Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran.
1: Okay, and we're back on America's Web Radio with uh, Phil Farsberg, that uh, lieutenant colonel retired. And, um, you know, Phil's, Phil's the only host that makes me stand at attention the whole time we're doing a show. And at least I could get a, a parade rest or something out of him, I would think. But uh, I've been standing here at attention for uh, 45 minutes and 52 seconds. But that's okay, Phil. I appreciate your service and uh, and your rank as always <laughs> no well
2: yeah i don't have much use for the rank
0: anymore
1: oh <laughs> well i tell you what uh i will always respect rank and uh you know no matter what the rank is really um And I think this is something that's good in in the military. And we always take a minute to say if you're a graduating high school senior or you've just graduated from college or about to and haven't decided what you want to do, look at the military. Please look at the military. I guarantee you some branch has something that you want to do. And you can, once you've gone through the military, whatever... Uh, branch you decide on and you put that on your resume you're a step ahead of everybody else the general business public loves veterans love people that have served in the military because they know that they know how to take orders they know how to lead they just are one step ahead of somebody that had never served and we encourage everyone and if you're a grandparent and this we put out, too, Phil, is that if you've served, if you're a veteran, take your kids or take your grandkids, put them on your lap. You're the history books of today. So tell them what you did in in the military and explain that, what our flag means to all of us. So back to you, Phil, and service officers. Well,
2: uh, yeah, your service officers uh, are your first line that that helped you. So, you know, call the DAV, the local chapter, call your uh, VFW post or your, your American Legion post. Just just get a hold of these folks and tell them you want to talk to a service officer. And if, uh, you know, if there's some folks that are more active than others, or some posts are more active than others, so if you're not uh, getting any response from the one, just switch to the other. Um, also, uh, there are a number of states, uh, almost every state, uh, has something, uh, a state, uh, bureaucracy that helps veterans navigate the federal bureaucracy that is the VA. Uh, in Georgia, it happens to be the Georgia Department of Veterans Service. Uh, Mike Roby, uh, retired command sergeant major, Mike Roby is the director of the Georgia Department of Veteran Service, and he's also, by the way, in an, an inductee into the uh, Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. But, uh, and so the state actually has employees that help veterans uh, work. But the, the problem, I guess, with uh, that, I've experienced at the Georgia Department of Veteran Service is that they're very understaffed, and you can spend all day uh, waiting to talk to somebody. Um, so but the, the point is the help is out there you don't have to face that mountain of forms by yourself there's stuff on those forms that you know cause a veteran to turn around and just say well I, I you know this is too much I can't figure this out they'll ask things like well what was your last unit of assignment what was their phone number what was their mailing address you know and heck you know Chances are, whoever that was that you served with last, they, they don't have the phone number there, they have no record of you, and, you know, they maybe closed the base where they were. So, uh, you know, but those things that, you know, cause a veteran to feel despondent, they ask things like, were, you know, were you ever a prisoner before? You know, I mean, sorry if you were, uh, but that doesn't have any bearing on, on your claim they ask these things on the form anyway. And they'll,
1: you know, give interest impression that Well, Phil, you know, Phil, some, yeah. something just happened to your telephone. Right. How's that going? Any better?
2: Uh, no. How about now?
1: Now is fine.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, so so, uh, you know, there are bits of information that you don't really have to put on there. You can leave them blank, but you wouldn't know that if you're just looking at the form for the first time. So, <clears throat> um, it's, it's just invaluable to have uh, a service officer helping you with this. First time I filed a claim, I had no idea, uh, you know, and when I said, this is what I, what I wanted. They, they said, okay, I said, well, you know, is there somebody going to help me fill out these forms? He said, no, we'll fill them out for you. <laughs> you just come in and sign them. I, I couldn't believe it. It was it was so nice and so helpful. Uh, since then, I've had a, a real education in how to fill out those forms so, and how to, how to assist veterans. I happen to be a volunteer service officer with DAV Chapter 6 here in Marietta.
1: And you'll give out your personal phone number now? No, I'm teasing.
2: Well, you know, if anybody <laughs> contacts David and says that they need uh, they need help with a service officer, you can pass their information to me, and I'll get back with them. I can tell you that.
1: Alrighty, we'll just do that. And uh, uh, if you're listening and and have a need, uh, email me David at America's Web Radio, and I'll be. S- be glad to pass the information on to Phil and we'll go from there. And uh, I, you know, I appreciate your serving in Desert Shield and Desert Storm and uh, serving today because, you know, there's something about the military and, and a lot of people feel like, well, once I'm home, I don't have to do anything anymore. But there are a lot of folks like you, Phil, that take it a step further and say, you know, what can I do and how can I help? And and you're doing it. And I think the being a volunteer service officer is wonderful. I, I can't think of words to describe it. And uh, our blessings go with the gentleman that's having problems with the... Uh, National Personnel Records Center. Uh, that's that's just it's uncalled for. And uh, by golly, you know, like I said, we're going to try to do something about it. And um, Phil, we got about uh, about four minutes to go. What else would you like to say? And and we certainly encourage, even if your loved one has passed on but was in the military, a veteran. A lot of families don't know that uh, if, depending on their service, they may have rights in the national cemetery, burial rights, their burial services. Do you work with uh, any of the organizations that will uh, uh, do a color guard and all that?
2: Um, <clears throat> I'm not involved in that. Uh, there may be some DAV chapters or. American Legion or VFW chapters that have those. Uh, I know the veteran cemeteries have uh, some semblance of a color guard, and if you, you know, if you have a veteran uh, who's uh, getting uh, a ceremony or a burial, then uh, you know, I would encourage folks to reach out to whichever service that they may have served with. Uh, maybe find a local uh national guard or uh, or reserve unit um uh, and make a a request to the commander to provide a a color guard um and uh you know uh was a was a real honor for me uh back in many years ago uh I had to uh, I, be, I was the uh survivor assistance officer for uh, for the post I was on and, and uh, we had a uh, I almost didn't get called at all that month because you're on duty for a month but they called me and there was a, a two star general that had died, he was retired he was a hero in Vietnam 1st Cav Division, commanded a brigade and uh, uh, so I went and, and uh, did all the arrangements for his funeral and all and we had a Color guard come up and they did a fantastic job. Bugler and a rifle team. Um, Yeah, it was was quite good.
1: You know, and and they are available. Uh, It's just a matter of reaching out and and touching the right person. But they are available, and uh, if we can help, uh, you can again send me an email, David at America's Web Radio, and we'll put you in touch with the right folks. Um, And it's. You know, I i guess this is sort of a, a weird way of saying it, but the person that you get the color guard for is obviously won't care one way or the other, but those that served alongside that person, they will care. And it means a lot to uh, veteran friends and family members that... Um, can appreciate what their loved one did by raising their hand. And uh, any way that we can help you, we will help you and put you in touch with the right right person. And, um, you know, I'm going to stress the service officer thing, Phil, over and over again and make sure yeah. that as many people know about it as possible.
2: And, you know, David, you are talking about those who serve alongside, you know, will appreciate the color guard. Uh, just thinking, my wife would appreciate a color guard at, at my funeral simply because, you know, you talk about who served alongside. She served, for my 29 years, she did over 28 and a half of them with me. Uh, and I know you're big on, on military families as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. David. Absolutely. The family serves right alongside the person that's deployed. And um, they have to pick up the slack, and they should be given credit for it. And they need to be in touch with the service officers as well.
2: Yeah, and, and it's very important for veterans to, to kind of wicker these things together before the end. Right. You know, so that so that their families are taken care of it. And uh, it's a lot smoother if, you, if you've if established these things with a service officer before right. before your demise.
1: Phil, we're going to have to end on that note. Not a cherry one on uh, talking about the demise, but uh, it's important for people to know. And we'll be back next week with Phil Forsberg and talking about more Desert Shield and Desert Storm. We're not going to let you people forget Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Thank you, Phil.
0: Thanks, David.